Hi, I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst, and welcome back to Healing Quest, your healthy lifestyle show. Our focus is the latest in natural options to help us achieve optimum well-being. And in that regard, I have a confession to make. A few months ago, we talked about a supplement called Vitamin K27. It supports a healthy heart, brain, and circulation, plus healthy bones and nerves. We told you that more than 90% of us are deficient in vitamin K27 because it's just not found in the Western diet. So it could be the most important supplement we take every day because it's in every tissue in our body. And it's critical to bodily functions. And that was all really good, except that we didn't get around to telling you about some other ingredients in vitamin K27 that are also really important. So today we're going to get to know those ingredients. And if you like unexpected bonuses, you're going to like this story. We've asked Kieran Krishnan, he's the Chief Science Officer of Just Thrive Health, to join us today to help explain all of this. Hi, Kieran. Hi, Judy. Hi, Roy. Great to be with you. I'd like to start with uh, three ingredients in K27 that we did not mention. Those would be magnesium, zinc, and vitamin K. Let's start with magnesium and what it does for us. You know, magnesium is an amazing, ubiquitous um, compound that that uh, helps the body in so many different ways. Most people know magnesium for bowel movement, right? You know, if you take certain types of magnesium, it'll actually get your bowels moving. Part of that reason is magnesium being a positively charged ion will, will creates an elect helps create that electrical flux that's required for muscle contraction, including your GI muscles that, that contract your intestines to move food down. Magnesium is also extremely important for the brain. Uh, the brain requires a good amount of magnesium for its energetics and performing uh, all of the metabolic functions that the brain does. And so magnesium does a myriad of things. Now, with regards to K2, magnesium acts as something called a coenzyme. Um, K2 does an enzymatic or conducts an enzymatic-like reaction, right? It's, it there's an enzyme that is required. K2 itself is not an enzyme, but K2 facilitates that enzyme to conduct its reaction. And what that enzyme is doing is really activating vitamin K2-dependent proteins. So example of a protein is osteocalcin. This is a protein whose critical job is to build bone for us. It acts as the glue that grabs calcium and actually sticks it and lays it down on the bone. Without the activation of osteocalcin, you cannot actually take calcium and stick it on the bone. So you may be supplementing with lots and lots of calcium, but without the osteocalcin sticking it on the bone, it doesn't actually end up building bone. Vitamin K27 is really important in activating osteocalcin so it can do that sticking motion. And it does it through supporting an enzymatic reaction. Now, vitamin K2 itself requires a coenzyme, which is magnesium, to help it conduct that activity. So like many things in nature, these are systems that work with multiple variables and multiple components. Vitamin K2 is one of those that really benefits from these coenzymes. So think about magnesium as a major helper to vitamin K2 to conduct its functions. And if you are inadequate in your magnesium intake or availability, then you can't get all the benefits that you should get out of vitamin K2. You know, and keep in mind, like, you know, there's, we conduct inside our body 
hundreds of thousands of biochemical reactions every single day, right? And there are only a, really a relative handful of nutrients that are actually available to conduct that. We have something like 15 or 16 vitamins. We've got a, a small number of minerals. We, we, we don't have a whole lot of materials to actually conduct these thousands upon thousands of reactions that occur in the body every minute of every day. And so there is this amazing utility that goes on in the body where virtually every nutrient that is important to us is utilized in multiple reactions, right? So something like a magnesium that is so foundational to our, to our function plays such an important role in so many systems that when you are deficient in something like magnesium, you, you're, many systems within your body break down. And also there's a lot of demand for something like magnesium, right? So that's one of the important reasons why we, when we formulated a K2 product, we put enough magnesium in there to support K2's function because it's easy to think that you're getting enough magnesium into your system, but because magnesium is in such demand throughout the body, it's really hard to know whether or not you're getting adequate amounts. And we didn't want to count on that on your outside of your of our product intake of magnesium to satisfy K2's function. So it's just it's just a more thoughtful way of formulating so that we get the most bang for our buck. That's really interesting. You know, does that mean then if you're taking your Just Drives K27, that you don't need an extra magnesium supplement because you're getting the daily uh, a minimum requirement? You don't need an extra magnesium supplement for the K2 function, right? So we are covering K2's need of magnesium so that K2 can do all of the wonderful things that it does within the body and have adequate magnesium to do it. You, you would still take magnesium for your other needs, right? For in your case, for your muscle cramps, for example, or for brain health, I use a magnesium theonate for brain health. Um, there's magnesium that people take for GI movement. So if you, if you have other magnesium that you're taking, that's perfectly fine. You don't need to add in any extra for the K2 because we've already done that for you. So the, uh, one of the other ingredients we mentioned was zinc. Um, why do we like it as an ingredient in K27? It acts as a facilitator, provides a proton, if you will, uh, for, for chemical reaction to occur within the body. And as it turns out, vitamin K2 in some of its functions, especially on the neurological side, does like to have zinc around in order to facilitate those responses. So our focus was, how do we get the most benefit out of this critically important nutrient called K27? We need to ensure that we're putting in adequate amounts of the cofactors, which is the zinc and the magnesium, in order to allow the K2 function to occur at optimal levels. So very similar to, to magnesium, zinc just plays a slightly different role in some reactions. And, and this uh, K27 also has uh, K1 in it, right? So That's right. Yeah. Now, now, do we need to supplement? If we need more K1, do we need to, to do extra supplementation or is this going to give us enough? You don't. This, this should give you enough. So we get K1 out of leafy green vegetables as well naturally. So hopefully people are getting some of that into their diet. So they're getting some intake of K1 through their diet as well. But we wanted to ensure that there was enough K1 in, in the supplement so that the liver releases the K2, right? So that's an interesting concept when you think about the 
metabolic pathway of vitamin K27. And K27 and K1, even though they're both vitamin Ks, they function very, very differently. Vitamin K1 is, is sequestered in the liver. And its main role in the liver is to facilitate blood coagulation, right? And so one of the, one of the issues, if you have a deficiency in K1, means you can't uh, coagulate or clot your blood, so you're, you're at risk of bleeding out. And so vitamin K1 functions in the liver for blood coagulation, helps the blood coagulate when it needs to, when there's an injury um, or abrasion of some sort, and, and that's its role. And, the, and it's extremely important to the body, right? So the liver is designed to hoard its, its requirement of vitamin K in order to try to ensure that the blood coagulation pathways are functioning. Because if not, you could bump your leg on the corner of a table and bleed out and die from that, right? So, so the, the body takes that coagulation cascade very seriously. So what tends <laughs> to happen if you don't have adequate intake of vitamin K1, the body sees, the liver sees K2 coming in and goes, hey, that's a vitamin K. I'm going to hold on to that and maybe try to convert some of this K2 to K1 to try to support the coagulation pathways. And so that becomes an issue because then the liver won't release the K2 into circulation, into the other tissues where you need it, into the nerves, into the muscles, into the bones, and so on. So what we, what we said is if you put the adequate amount of K1 in the supplement, then all of the K2 will be released by the liver to go and function elsewhere in the body. And I mean, we noticed that it's like 220% of the recommended daily allowance. So you, you've really boosted it. Yeah, we have. And, and part of the reason is because you really can't count on Americans getting enough K1 through their diet. You know, if, yeah. if we felt very sound that most people ate adequate leafy green vegetables to get um, enough K1 into their system through food, uh, you know, we wouldn't need to, to add that into the supplement. But it's pretty clear that Americans really don't eat enough leafy green vegetables <laughs> and, and we're likely deficient in K1 as well. Um, so we wanted to add adequate amounts so we don't end up getting K2 stuck in the liver and missing out on any benefits. Well, uh, this is great. And I just have, I have one more question on that thought because we've been hearing a lot about zinc lately and you also have uh, a daily allowance of 200% for zinc. So um, do we still need to be taking our zinc supplement? So if you're taking additional zinc for immune health, then yes. Um, and keep in mind, these hundreds and 200% and all that, those are based on a daily allowance that where the daily allowance is the minimal amount required to prevent a ser serious deficiency disease, okay. right? So it doesn't, the daily allowance doesn't in any way accommodate or account for what is actually required for the body. The daily okay. allowance is, is there to, to provide a guideline for what the minimal intake is to prevent really serious deficiency disease. In the case of vitamin C, for example, it's to prevent scurvy, right? In the case mm -hmm. of vitamin Bs, it's to prevent uh, awful diseases like beriberi that occur because of a deficiency in vitamin B. So uh, the, the RDAs, you know, as, as useful as some people may think they are, they're really there. Uh, they're really wholly inadequate. If everyone was getting just their RDA levels of micronutrients, we would all be doing really poorly. 
Okay. Well, thank you for clearing that up because I know that that sometimes causes a lot of confusion. Now, if you're just joining us, I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. You're listening to Healing Quest. And we're speaking with Kieran Krishnan, Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive Health, about the hidden bonuses in their their K27 supplement. So fermentation is also part of the K27 story. What's the significance of fermentation in K27? You know, the key there is that the most natural source and most naturally abundant source of K27 comes from fermentation. Um, bacteria make K27 and they make the most stable, um, most u- u- utilized version of K27. In fact, some bacteria are making a little bit of it in your gut as we speak, especially if you've been taking the, the probiotic spores because is it's the probiotic spores that actually make K27. And, and that is a, a really exciting connection for us between K2 and the probiotics that we typically work with because it's the probiotic spores that are the ones that are responsible for making K27 and they do it through the process of fermentation. Now, outside of fermentation, when we're talking about K2, if you're taking a K27 supplement that's not made from fermentation, especially if it doesn't say from, from uh, natto, then what you're getting is a synthetic K27, which okay. means that some company made it chemically in a lab uh, or and then now in a factory and are selling you a chemical version of it. And the problem with the chemical version of it is that you we don't really know exactly what all it does in the body because when you make a chemical version of a natural compound, there are changes to certain aspects of the compound that may render the function of the compound um, to change. Is, has there been a lot of research done on uh, K27? Oh my God, K27 is one of the most well-researched nutrients out there. There are um, literally hundreds upon hundreds of papers, including very large-scale studies like the Heidelberg Cohort Study, which is 12,800 patients over 13 years, the Rotterdam Study, which is 4,800 patients over 10 years. Um, You know, there's lots of those kind of large-scale longitudinal studies, which is actually quite rare for a nutrient, you know, but but fortunately, a lot of researchers have picked up on the importance of K27 and, and they've invested money in grants and all that into studying K2 quite extensively. So it's arguably one of the most well-studied nutrients on the planet. Thanks, Kieran. We've been speaking with Kieran Krishnan, Chief Science Officer of Just Thrive Health, about the multiple benefits of their K27 vitamin, a vitamin that 90% of Americans are, are probably deficient in. Now, you can learn more about vitamin K27 at JustThriveHealth.com. That's JustThriveHealth.com or on our website at HealingQuest.tv. We have a link that'll take you right there. When you buy stuff from us, it helps support HealingQuest. Up next in our show, Judy's Wild Woman Wisdom segment and some insights on accepting yourself just the way you are. And remember, podcasts of this and other Healing Quest shows are available at our website, HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Healing Quest. I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Radio. 